going on in the Twin Cities. It's the Fans Community Calendar. Six and West Boy Back to School Bash with Bird. Backpack School Supplies, Bounce House, Face Painting, Clowns, Young Artist, Mini Kid Focused Booths, People and Free Haircuts for Kids, Teacher Scholarships, and more will be Saturday, August 5th, from 1 to 2 at Plainfall Harvest 500 North Street, Boston, Texas. Welcome to Leaving the Yard. Zach and the Professor here on the fan 1079. However, it's not the Professor. Kenneth Buchanan coming in instead as Tony's out of town today. He was here this morning, gone this afternoon. He should be back tomorrow afternoon. Of course, you don't have to worry about a show tomorrow for Kirk and Company because it's the return of the Power Hour tomorrow. They're coming back. Dun, dun, dun. They've had their uh, June hiatus. <laughs> And so the uh, the greatness of Earl Gill and Tyler Huff, mm. or am I saying it right? Maybe it's the greatness of Tyler Huff and Earl Gill. Just got to make sure I get the uh, order right. Is, Earl is older than Tyler. Yeah. yeah so you got to give him his props. You got to let him. You gotta, Tyler's better looking, though. I don't know about that. Oh. I, think, I think both of them are kind of homely looking. You want to ask me? Well, you got to have, a, you know, there's some rank. They can't be both rank, you know, zero. Well, Somebody's got to be a little better than the other. Well... If you want to look at it as far as the profession side, yeah. Tyler's been doing what he's doing okay. a whole lot longer than Earl. All right, so so we'll give him that then. Yeah, we'll give him that. So we'll go Tyler and Earl, not Earl and Tyler. Yeah, Tyler and Earl. They're back tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock. But you know, you remember the dummies that they used? Was it Willie Tyler and, and, and Lester? Do what? You remember the, the wooden dummy? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Willie Tyler yeah. and Lester? I guess. So Tyler went first. Willie Tyler, then Lester. But which one of them is Lester and which one of them is... I'm not even going to try to answer that one. That, I just thought of see, that. You're, no, see, you're going to get me to call one of them a dummy, and I'm not no, doing that. I just. <laughs> I'm not doing that. And you know what? And those two are so young, yeah. they probably don't have a slightest no idea. idea what we're talking no about. No idea. No. <laughs> Anywho, we welcome you to leave in the yard. Uh, tomorrow, Tony will be back. We'll get him in the afternoon. Wednesday, uh, Rick Minner's in town. He's oh, swinging cool. by Wednesday. We'll spend an hour talking mm-hmm. college football with the uh, what's a consultant now for the University of Michigan. He'll okay. be back in this week, so we'll grab him on uh, on Wednesday. Okay. I talked to Will Middlebrooks this weekend. He's taking uh, Star Week off. He's going to be on the show one day next week, though. Okay. So we'll get uh, we'll get some guests lined up for you over the next two weeks. But that's where we are as we okay. roll into the tenth uh, of July. An intriguing weekend. Baseball's reached its all-star break, Mm -hmm. so we'll definitely spend some time on that. We get the uh, first and second appearances of the NBA's number one pick, 
Victor okay. Wimbignana. We had the uh, college baseball and high school baseball draft start mm-hmm. yesterday in rounds three, four, five today. Uh, so there's plenty going on. But probably the, the, the bad spot of leading things off today happened really at the end of last week. We just get a chance to chew on it, which is the story coming out of Northwestern University. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, by 2023, you think, think we're past it. Absolutely. And that was my mindset also. No, we still doing this stuff. Why? And if you don't know what we're talking about, story broke last, I think it was Thursday or Friday, mm-hmm. that uh, the uh, university, uh, the Northwestern University's football team mm-hmm. has had reports now of hazing again in the locker mm-hmm. room and in uh, a place they call Camp Kenosha. Right. Camp Kenosha, actually, it was about 20 miles from where I lived, where I grew up. Uh, southern Wisconsin, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. University uh, took their football team up there. They did their summer camp kind of thing, mm-hmm. kind of like the Bear Bryant deal. Right. And uh, it was dormed up in, in Kenosha and got them away from the families, the university, all the distractions where you're just kind of bonding together. And that's a bad choice of words with all that's going on with this. But you're bonding together. You're, you know, footballing a little mm-hmm. bit. And it's, it's team building stuff. But what's come out of this now are allegations being made of the degree of hazing mm-hmm. for the younger players, which, again, gets you to shake your head about the fact that here we are after story after story of these mm-hmm. kinds of episodes, and one of, the, one of the most prestigious universities. Yeah. It's not like we're talking about and I don't want to name names of schools that aren't prestigious universities that are football factories only, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. But Northwestern would never be on that list. Northwestern's on the list of Vanderbilt and Rice and Stanford mm-hmm. of among the most prestigious universities in the country that aren't in the Ivy League. And Pat uh, Fitzgerald, the uh, the head coach, who is an alum who is probably in the short list of the best players ever that played for the Wats. NFL short list also. NFL short list, yes. Who has been coaching for 20 years now at Northwestern. Got a couple weeks suspension. Slap on the wrist. Now, I don't think it's over. And and I think the slap on the wrist is is the opening salvo for the university to say, well, we're investigating this, and while it's under investigation, the coach is on a couple weeks' suspension. There was a former player that wrote an article, and he wants him removed. Yeah. He wants him gone. Yeah. Now, if you're the head coach, you got two positions. Mm -hmm. Well, three. A, you knew everything was going on. Mm -hmm. B... You didn't know anything was going on. He knew. C, you're telling everybody you didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. when you knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. D, you addressed it but were ignored, which means you have no authority in your locker room. I don't know if any of those choices are good for Pat Fitzgerald. But uh, I would think that 
I think I would be surprised if he survives the month of July. If the team had been producing the last couple of years, you know, having a good record. Well, they hadn't been bad. Well, they hadn't been great either. Well, but they're in the Big Ten, and nobody's great if you're not Ohio State. They're in an uphill climb. Yeah. You're, you're, if, you're, if you're 500 in the Big Ten, you get mm-hmm. six, seven wins, and you get bowl games, which they do. Mm-hmm. That's about what you're going to get. That's yeah. it. I don't know that the board of uh, regents at Northwestern slams their hand down if they're not getting 10 wins on the football field. But I think they do if they bring embarrassment to the university. Yeah for the kind of stuff that you, again, you might expect at the University of Illinois, mm-hmm. but you don't expect at Northwestern, Northwestern University across yeah. the state. What's the guy that's from Northwestern that's on ESPN? Uh, he's on that uh, that on that show to come in the evening time. I was kind of curious to see what his take is. Yeah, gosh. Not Trico. No, 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 no. Yeah, I have to think about it for a minute. But somebody had posted some stuff this weekend mm-hmm. kind of defending the university on social media and they got called out almost immediately for if that was another school would you be defending them if that wasn't your school would you be if if i'm a guy who's a a alum of northwestern and that's Mm -hmm. happening i don't think i say i think i say this needs to be investigated and that's all i say um but I'm, i'm really disappointed to see in 2023 the kinds of things and and at the moment the story hasn't really been extremely descriptive thankfully but the guys who have come forward have said there have been the hazing didn't involve or did include things that were sexual in nature and you know here we are just why that's the main question why not did it happen why did it happen they don't have nothing else to do there's nothing more productive they can do than that. Humiliate somebody, scar them for life. Well, and if we're dragging this to 2023, mm-hmm. and if there's truth about the fact that this coach, you you said you think he knew. I think he knew. So if he knew, and this has been 20 years, his tenure. Uh-huh. How many times does it happen? That means you would expect all of these guys who are the suspects Mm-hmm. At one point in time, we're the victims. Absolutely. I mean, if we're being honest, this isn't a new coach who just started two years ago and, and the upperclassmen are you know, doing stuff to the underclassmen that are... Br- you would expect that all of these guys have gone through it on both ends of this. Mm-hmm. And, well, then you, the answer to your question of why would you do that is, well, it was done to me. That's what we do here. It was done to me, and it's, I'm passing it down to the next guy. That's why I'm saying he knew. If this is generational type thing, traditional type thing, he knew about it. Come it, on. It makes you wonder if it was stuff that was going on when he was a player. Could and that that's how we bond here. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did when I was a player. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that as a coach. 2023 is not 2002. Nope. And I, that's why I said I don't believe he survives. I think he loses his job over this. And and I'll be honest with you, I, there were very few things I think would have cost him his job. I think he could have been there as long as he wanted. He could have been, and I hate to use the term, he could have been Joe Paterno and been there for as long as he wanted. Bad mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. But I think that he's, I don't think he survives a month. Well... Wilborn. 
Michael, Michael Wilbon. That's yeah, right. Michael Wilbon's Northwestern. It, it, I'm curious to see what he had to say today if he was on the air because a lot of those alumni and people, they pay attention to what he says. I don't think Wilbon would defend him. No, I don't think it would. If the he guy, the guy who did was Darren Ravel. Darren Ravel is in sports business. That's what he writes a lot about. Darren Ravel. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar. Yeah, with no. He, he's he's been around for a while. Okay. He kind of defended, mm-hmm. and he got called on social media. He got called down over it. I don't think Wilbon would. Wilbon's been around mm-hmm. too long, and yeah, I I think understands. Yeah. That's why he calls From both sides. That's why he calls everybody a knucklehead. Well, and, that, and that's exactly what these guys are, and yeah. this coaching staff. This mm-hmm. is this is going to have tentacles that probably may coach a, cost a coaching staff their mm-hmm. careers or their jobs. Who's going to hire a head coach at a, at a university where that's happened? We see Art Briles, different scenario, mm-hmm. but when I send my kid to you, and you're taking care of my kid. I expect to get my kid back. In one piece. In, in the same condition mm-hmm. I send him to you. I expect to get my kid back. It's really hard for a university, if this one walks away from this guy, for another one to come in and say, yeah, we, we think he's a great football coach. Look at the record he had at Northwestern. And if this is proven to be true, there's no parents and no board of regents, I think, that would approve this. I, it just really – to your original question, I just can't see that still happening. When, I know. When, when all of the other players that have been doing this stuff, they've been bought to the forefront. Yep. They've been dismissed. They've been blackballed. Yep. And they're still doing this stuff. Yep. Well, you're only going to do it if the boss says it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, university announced they are canceling the Camp Kenosha's. That's over. That. Yeah. That's over now, which impacts that community which had been reliant on the week or two weeks that mm-hmm. Northwestern showed up in their place but and the, spent but, money there. But not the university wasn't paying for it. It was boosters that was paying for that. Well, it didn't matter. It still was it's going still, into that community. Yeah, it was going to the community. Yeah. Right. So, anywho, mm. that's how we start today. Yeah. I, I, on a – well, I hate to be this way. I hate to be that guy. Why not? Because you don't want to be that guy. But on a note that – doesn't necessarily make me unhappy since we're doing a little Big Ten and we're doing some weird stuff talk. Did you see Larry Nasser? Remember him? Yeah. Larry Nasser, who was the uh, quote-unquote doctor mm-hmm. who took care of a lot of the, again, bad choice of words, uh, gymnasts mm-hmm. who were part of the United States uh, gymnastics program at, mm-hmm. uh, up at, what, Michigan? Michigan State? Something like that. Michigan State, where he was at. Yeah. Um but he was on an Olympic team, yes. like you said. So yes. He had contact with a lot of the athletes. Yes. Um, including people like Simone Biles and yeah, Allie Raisman and a whole bunch of well-known, prominent uh, female gymnasts. Uh, story coming out of uh, prison, because Larry Nasser got convicted and mm-hmm. sentenced to some outrageous 90 years in prison or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, he was stabbed multiple times this weekend in prison. Yep. Uh, apparently, the uh, prison where he is located was short-staffed, had a, just a couple of guards watching a larger number of inmates, and Nasser got uh, shanked mm-hmm. in the uh, stomach and in the back multiple times. Wow. 
Now, I haven't heard the condition. I don't know if this is life-threatening or it's just going to be an infirmary thing that they didn't hit an organ Mm -hmm. in doing this. Um, And while I said I don't want to be that guy, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really upset to hear that Larry Nassar got uh, got jumped in prison this week. I, I, I won't say that I was not upset. I was shocked that it happened. Really? Yeah. Why? Maybe because you would think he would have had as high priority attention that his yeah. case got. You'd think they would have had him away from General everybody. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So that's why I was saying shocked. Okay. Shocked that it happened. Shocked that it happened. Shocked that it was able to happen. Able to happen. Not shocked that it actually happened. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I said, I'm, I'm not necessarily unhappy for Larry Nasser today. Mm-hmm. The judge who handed down the sentence when, when they did basically said, I've just signed your death warrant. I mean, basically knowing what was going to what's going to happen to you when you go to prison mm-hmm. is ultimately going to result in something like this or worse. Yeah. Maybe they were right. Well, it's just like the guy that did the multiple killings at, at the Walmart in El Paso. What did he get, what, uh, 10 life sentences or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. No, he had more than that, like 30, 90-year sentences yeah, or 30, something. 30, 90-year sentences. Yeah, so it was some outrageously yeah, big he, number. They put him in population. He won't last long. No, no. All right, it's about 17 after 5. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. Leaving the yard, Chuck Zach, Kenneth Buchanan sitting in this afternoon. Yeah, glad to be here, man. We'll take a break. We're coming right back on the fan 1079. <laughs> to feel the calming effects of nature, take a deep breath in and out. Welcome back. 21 after 5 o'clock, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor on the fan 1079. No Professor, however. That's just habit. I just say Zach and the Professor out of habit. Kenneth Buchanan is in here instead. Tony Kirk will be back tomorrow afternoon, getting a uh, a day away. So we got Zach and Chop. Yeah. See, see, I'll put your name first. Why don't I put your name first? Uh, it, it rolls off smoother. Chop and Zach That's doesn't bad. work. That sounds wrong. No, it sounds yeah. good. No, Chop and Zach? Yeah. No, yeah. Zach and Chop. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't sound as good. It, it, Zach and Chop sounds good. Yeah. Chop and Zach. I, it sounds like you're cutting off parts of my body here. Chop and Zach. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't like that. I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, you got it in the right order. Well, you got you got the legend. Oh, what what naps? You got the legend, then you got the apprentice. The apprentice? apprentice? You're yeah. the apprentice or yeah. I'm the apprentice? No, you ain't no apprentice. You're oh, a legend. God, there's no legend. That's yeah, no, legend. that's garbage. No, ain't no that's garbage. Yes, man. it is. Chop, that's goofy. You know I'm trying to get you guys elected to the Texas Football Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah. Don't do it. Why not? What? Why not? The Texas foot. We didn't play football in Texas. They got broadcasting guys. We're in there. not. That was guys. Hey, uh, 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 Tony told me about your your boy getting uh, smoke. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So why not you? 
No, Smoke's a legend. David Smoke. If you don't know who David Smoke is, you're out there listening going, oh, who they tell? David Smoke spent a, gosh, a career down in Tyler. Mm-hmm. Calling games in... Uh, I met him before. KTBB, I think mm-hmm. it was. Um, started Smokey.com, the obvious forum for all mm-hmm. things football, Northeast Texas. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually going statewide, but it really is centered on Northeast Texas. Moved down to Waco mm-hmm. and has a talk show down there, calls Baylor games. No, mm-hmm. that's that's a Hall of Fame guy. How many state Al Hanna was a Hall of Fame guy. 50 how, many, years. how many state championship games have you done? Talk, 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 how, many, how many of you guys? Did? But see, that's just being in the right place at the right time. But, you could be. But it's an actual number. Wait, wait. You could be the guy who calls Alito football. Mm-hmm. You've won nine state championships in the last 20 years, whatever with, it is. With one school. Yeah. You guys have a variety. Well. And variety of sports. Yeah. Well, but if you call games for Argyle. You've probably called thirty well, state championship games since two thousand in maybe. every sport. Well, they Would can you, get in too. Huh? Yeah, I'm not saying they can't get in. That's not no. That's no, no, no. You start talking about guys like like Al, like Brad Sham, like mm-hmm. Dale Hansen. Well, we're talking about Northeast Texas. About, oh well, that's. That's just a matter of if you're around a while. We got players that that uh, get elected to it. Well, yeah, they're on the field. They do what you should. Yeah, in the booth. No, no, chop. No, it's sweet, but no. We gonna see That's where not, it takes it. We no. gonna see where it's gonna take us. It's gonna take you getting laughed. You're gonna get laughed no, out of the no, room. They, they not You're gonna, gonna go laugh. who? We, no. we, we may get a real crisp no, but not but not a laugh. No, you're gonna get a laugh. You're no. gonna go a who? No, they and know a who. no they, they and a laugh. Who. I bet you they know who. No, they don't know who. Oh my God, right. Chop, you don't have any idea. No, the voice, the voice of the Lobos, right here. Yeah, Mr. Lobo, right here. Let's see, that's not even right. They got a radio station. They got a voice of the Lobos down in Longview. They just switched out. They they had four older guys who'd been alum in Lo- in Longview mm-hmm. who. One of them started getting sick, and a couple of them mm-hmm. got a little old, and mm-hmm. they moved on to a guy, Brian Houston, who's been calling games all over northeast, no, all over East Texas, not okay. Northeast, but East Texas for a okay. long time. Who's who's moved in the booth to call radio okay. for them? You'd always trying to get y'all picture put on the mural out there. What mural? I sat on the wall of the building. I, th- I thought I saw a couple of horses on there. No. I think the back end that. of them. I think I they're trying that. to put our face on the back end too. of those horses. I saw that too, and I said, "Nah." They, I said, "They're so wrong for that." That's <laughs> so wrong for that. That just is what it is. It's it's funny you you threw that out there because, you know, we having Keith pass away mm-hmm. this this spring has, you know, made us have to try to find somebody who can call ball games again. Mm-hmm. We did. We've gone through this a couple times, different iterations in the last few years. Um, of trying to find people who can call games. You know, having been in the booth, mm-hmm. it isn't easy. No, it's not easy. And there's just not a lot of younger people who have that desire mm-hmm. to jump in and do that. It is, it's hard to find the next generation around here. We don't have a journalism school here. We don't have a broadcasting program here. The schools, the local high schools, don't really have that kind of thing. They've got like like a Texas High, PG. They've got Tiger Vision. Uh-huh. They've got that kind of thing, but they're really not teaching kids. Mm-hmm. 
you the the finer points of calling games. It's just not been a thing. And and part of the problem is in a place like this, old guys have blocked young people being able to get those positions because they stay there, like you say, the guys in Longview they stay there forever. Yeah, Al was fifty years. Yeah, nobody else is calling Texas High football for fifty years. You're talking about three generations yeah. of people coming through where that position was taken. It wasn't open and, in this community. And Al. Literally, he never retired. No. No, he didn't. So it's it's really a difficult mm-hmm. prospect trying to find somebody. But, but you know what, though? The perception is all we do is show up on Friday nights, walk in that booth, scarf down food, and call a game. That's Tony. Uh, <laughs> no. There's a level of preparation you have yes. to do. But people don't understand that. No. And, and well, you know, we, we hired a couple guys a few years ago for one of the schools, and... I think they had never done anything like this before. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem when you all of a sudden have an opening and you don't have somebody who can apprentice, as you said, mm-hmm. and transition in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, here you go, Friday night, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Here's the equipment, turn on the mic, call a game. And you've never been up there and you've never understood the pace of it and you've never understood the radio part of this. It, it's, it's, it's a challenge. And I know I'm making it sound like more than it is to vote. Actually, is a challenge, and if you've never been in there and tried it, mm-hmm. you don't know what I'm talking about. And if you have, you're like, you ain't lying. You got that right. It's a challenge, yeah. but you know, it's a lot of fun. Scott Mills told me the the biggest lesson that he told me was that if he if he calls a play, and same he said, well, number twenty two on the tackle. But then I may come and no, it was number twenty one. Right. He said, Chop, we're on the radio. Don't make it matter. Nobody <laughs> nobody's watching. So, That's right. So, Don't so you have to learn me. yeah, you have to learn those kind of things. You know? Well, yes and no. I'll say this. Yes and no, but somebody out there listening is gonna know there is no twenty two out on defense. Twenty two is on offense. He couldn't have made that tackle. He's the you know, back up running back and he tur- he twisted his ankle this week because that's my grandson. One out of a thousand. I know, it doesn't but, matter. But but uh, yeah, but it does matter. That's mm-hmm. just it. You're you're trying to make sure that that grandmother mm-hmm. heard her kid mm-hmm. doing what he had done in the proper thing that he had done. Right, right. It do- if you think about it in the big picture, it doesn't matter. But if you think about it in the little picture, mm-hmm. it matters to every single family member and friend that are listening. To every single kid, you're trying to make sure you get their name out there. It's a struggle. It's one of the reasons why I appreciate Tony for so many years. I know it sounds like a goofy segment, but when you do play-by-play, you're looking at the ball. You're following the ball. Who's touching the ball? Well, the quarterback's touching the ball. Who's touching the ball? Well, the tailback's touching the ball. Or the Mm -hmm. wide receiver that he threw to. Those three guys touched the ball. Mm -hmm. Maybe the guy that tackled where the ball went. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what about the other 20 guys on the field? Trying to make sure you keep their names in the action as well. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge. To me, when I when I went from the sideline to up in the booth, to me the game wasn't as fast. It was slow. Matt could never grasp that in the beginning, but as he went along, he saw what I was doing. You know, I could sit there and watch formations in the first half, I mean first quarter at least, right. And and I I could basically tell you what plays were coming up. Sure, you know I said well you know this is going to be this play this. Well, how do you see all of that? Well, I saw him do it earlier. Right, and it's the same set, right. the same guys, and it's you know, but like you say though, you watching the ball. If you just watching the ball, what do you know about what set they're in? Right, that's right. 
So it's a challenge. That's what I'm challenge. saying. It's a it's a tough gig. So we are uh, we we are in the process of trying to find folks for Texas High this year because obviously that spot had opened up. Um, you got to replace both of them. Well, I know yeah. you got to place the one, obviously. But yeah. Well, gotta... Keith and, and Jason's not going to do it Jason's anymore. Jason's not going to do yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. we're looking at a full new team. But mm-hmm. we've got somebody in mind. We For the first time in the in the process now, we may actually have somebody in mind. So okay. we, uh, we're not going to tease that any more than that because there's still, uh, you know. Formalities. I's to dot and T's to <laughs> cross to make sure. And when that happens, then we will introduce <laughs> right, them here on the right, show right. And, and get people to understand who it is. But right. uh, we're encouraged by the fact that I think we've got somebody with a little experience who may mm-hmm. actually be uh, able to take that uh, that Texas High job on and, and run with it a little bit. Wow. And it won't be me, so there's that. So you're going back to Longview. I'm going back to Longview. Yeah, I'll be in Longview again. And okay. probably flying solo. Tony's not doing it this year, so I'll be finding a – there's actually a, a guy down in Longview I'm probably doing it with. Okay. Right. Which is a weird deal too. You well, he had more radio insight. partner, huh? He, he can give you more of an insight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a former he's, player down there. Yeah, so, and he's yeah. there during the week. You know, just like what I do, I'm there during the week at the practices yeah. and stuff yeah. and talking to the coach. So that's what uh, you want from your color guy. Yeah, that's what you want from him. Absolutely. Right. We're gonna take a break. It's uh, 31 after uh, five o'clock. Leaving the yard. We got to come back to a little baseball. Certainly, the draft started yesterday. Mm-hmm. A guy that Liberty Isla was around away from seeing. In the state baseball tournament, got drafted yesterday in the first round. We'll come back and talk about that and more when we come back. Leaving the yard. Chuck Zach, Kenneth Buchanan. All right, we are back. About 25 minutes till 6 o'clock, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach in here with uh, Chomp Buchanan as we are rocking through the Monday version of leaving the yard. Tony Kirk back tomorrow. Don't forget Earl Gill, Tyler Huff in here for the Power Hour tomorrow at 7 a.m. So a chance to hear the superstars from Liberty Hollow as they get back at it tomorrow. <laughs> Got a week, a month's worth, a month plus worth of uh, stories to tell. They'll get to hit us with tomorrow. Uh, the Major League Draft began yesterday. No real surprise at the top. Back-to-back LSU Tigers getting drafted, including what some are calling the best pitcher maybe in the last 15 or 20 years, coming out ready to be a Major League pitcher, Paul mm-hmm. Skeen from LSU. Um, the Rangers, with the fourth pick, fell into a very sweet spot. I uh, got Florida's uh, outfielder, uh, Wyatt Langford, who will uh, probably in another year or two, you would think by 25, yeah, by would, 25. would be ready for Arlington. Mm-hmm. The uh, Kansas City Royals took Blake Mitchell, the kid from Sinton High School, who was the catcher that Liberty Ilo had finished and won their state semifinal game, and we all sat and watched Sinton in China Springs in the second state semifinal, saw him behind the plate, saw him on the mound, saw him swinging the bat. Kansas City thought he was good enough to make him the eighth overall pick in the draft. There was talk he was probably going to be a top 10 pick, and there he goes. Now, the pushback from picking a high school catcher that high was extreme. Um, yesterday, most people said it was 
Big mistake by Kansas City. They said if this was a school, I mean, excuse me, if this was a uh, team that was deeper in the draft, that had playoff aspirations, could afford to develop a catcher and give him, not talking about a kid who's going to play in two years, probably a kid that's going to play in four years. Four years. Then that makes a lot of sense. But it's getting the benefit of down, say, three. Okay. But for the Royals, the problem is the body of work of high school catchers taken in the first round is really not good. Uh, Joe Maurer was one, played for Minnesota a long time, if not a Hall of Famer, pretty close. He had a really nice career. Um, He's about the only one in the last 30 years that's a first-round high school pick catcher Mm-hmm. who made it to the big leagues. That was one more, though, I think. Uh, we're talking about 30 years, and we're talking about maybe yeah. there's a second. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. just not very many catchers from high school that get picked in the first round. Most It's it's funny. We've gone through an evolution of drafting in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball where it used to be college players, and then high school kids would go later. Right. And then we went from – well, no, wait, we can get these kids at 18 and not have to worry about waiting for them all the way through college. We can get them seeing higher-level pitching, mm-hmm. especially if they aren't coming from hyper-competitive college conferences like the SEC. Get them in better shape. Get them more ready to contribute, maybe by 20 or 21 years old, as opposed to waiting until they're 22 and then going through the minors and maybe mm-hmm. getting them at 23 or 24. So high school players started becoming all the rage. Now we start going the other direction again. The Royals drafted Corey Thurman yeah. in the fourth round. Yep. And he was 17 years old when Same. he drafted him. I don't know how I feel about it, but congratulations to the young man. He gets a chance to uh, mm-hmm. live out the dream. Uh, I think he was committed to LSU, if I remember. Uh, probably will yeah. forego that. You're not going to yeah. get any better than this. Right. I mean, right. you've got eighth in the in the – major league draft right. you could go to college for a couple of years yeah. and try again but why would you he'll get enough money he can take all his teammates his senior teammates <laughs> to college yeah no kidding <laughs> no kidding uh, it was weird not seeing arkansas razorbacks drafted at all in the first two rounds none none they got one in a supplemental pick and then a couple in the uh, third and fourth rounds i believe okay i think they got four i think i saw four players come off the board by the end of the fifth round today mm-hmm. so uh, this wasn't a great talent Razorback team up in Fayetteville this year, mm-hmm. not for the major league level, but they did get a handf- you know, handful of guys in the first five rounds of the draft. Okay. So there's that. What about University of Texas pitchers? I mean, players, period. You know, I didn't stop and look a whole lot at Texas guys. I, I was really looking for Arkansas guys, and really because I was looking to see if Ty Wade would have gotten drafted today, mm-hmm. and he did not, which doesn't mean he won't get picked tomorrow on the third third day of the draft. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see his name pop up today, and I was really looking for Arkansas stuff. So I saw a couple of uh, A&M pitchers. Mm-hmm. I just didn't spend a ton of time going through and combing through for University of Texas guys. Yeah, that's still that's still some opportunity, but with baseball, it's like this: the the, the the later rounds, there's really no money out there. No, no, there's not unless, you know, uh, Braylon Bishop yeah. got picked by Pittsburgh a few years ago, mm-hmm. later in the draft, mm-hmm. and they had basically undercut the guys they had drafted earlier in the in the draft to be able to have additional money because we were talking off the air 
Major League Baseball draft is slotted. Mm-hmm. In other words, this is the max you can pay a guy in this pick in this round. Mm-hmm. So the Mitchell kid from Sinton, there's a max amount he can get. You can't pay him more than that. Now, you can pay him less than that mm-hmm. if you want to try to negotiate and tell the kid, hey, we want to give you a half million dollars less than that because mm-hmm. we're trying to sign some other guys and we want this team to be better, especially if you're a Pittsburgh, you're really mm-hmm. bad. We want the team to be better. Yeah. You run the risk of the kid saying, "No, I'm not coming." Then I'm, I'll just, I won't sign. I'll go back in the pool I'll next back, year. I'll yeah. try again. Yeah, I mean, when Corey got drafted, they had uh, a sheet, and it had, like you said, everything was slotted. Yep. And they say for for your round and the number. Yep. That you get. This is what we're willing to pay. Yep. And I didn't agree with it, but he did. Mom and Dad didn't agree with it, but he did. Yeah. And so he took it. When you're young. How do you pass on whatever the number is? You, it, it's the most money you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. That somebody's waving in front of your nose right mm-hmm. that minute. Sign this. This is what you're going to get. At 17 years old. How do you not do that? But you got to look. You got to look down the road. 17 year olds don't look down the road. I, <laughs> you got to look down the road at that. At what could happen? Yeah. You know, I think it would have been better because Corey had signed with LSU. I think it would have been better for him to do that than to get into an organization like Kansas City, which was a waste. He never did reach his full potential no. in Kansas City. No. He reached his full potential when he went to Toronto, right? but not but not with Kansas City. But then he was how old? When he pitched his first major league game, he was 23. Okay. So yeah. six years he basically mm-hmm. bounced around the minors. Bounced around the minors. But – that's a terrible life, man. But at 17, are you ready to play in the majors? We, we Tony and I were talking about David Clyde the other day. I remember him. Yeah. And and David mm-hmm. Clyde, was he ready to pitch at the major league level? They blew his arm out early. He thought he was, and he, everybody that was around him thought he well, was. Well, sure. Until you actually see you're pitching against grown men. Yeah. They, they've seen that before. There's nothing you're going to throw they haven't seen. And you know what? And it's not just pitching around grown men. It's living with grown yes. men. That's the part I didn't like. Yes, you're you know, exactly because right. Because a lot of those guys that was on his team, and a lot of them were not from the U.S. It's Venezuela. Right. Some oh, Puerto sure. Rico. They, sure. Man, those guys were grown men in their own right, in their own country, based on their lifestyle and how they were raised up. That's right. And, Which is not how Corey was raised nah, up. <laughs> man. You go from somebody that was been protected all of his life, right. and you just throw him out there like yep. that. And that's basically what they do. They throw him out there. It wasn't very good. Well. It worked out, but it wasn't very good. But he got his money. He got his money. Saying that's, You're right. Can you see down the path? How is this going to work? Am I going to be actually ready for a long-term career? Or... That's a big amount of money. And for young guys who have been the best on the field most of the time, mm-hmm. to convince them they're still not going to be the best on the field, it's going to take work to get back. To get to the next right. level, it's going to take you a bunch of work. Mm-hmm. Hard to get them to understand that. The The first eye-opener for Corey was when he had his first injury. Oh, I bet. And that's when he said, hey, you know, this, this is actual business now. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to one of the top prospects in the organization – to may not even be getting an opportunity to come back next year. Yep. Ask and, Slade yeah. Heathcott how that worked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Derailed what most people thought was going to be a long major league career, yeah. but just could never stay healthy. Well, if you can't stay healthy, mm-hmm. somebody else can't somebody pass else you can. by. That's right. 
And, Next man up. And, and at that kind of deal where they've got how many different levels of minor leaguers, mm-hmm. they've got guys coming through the pipeline, mm-hmm. may not be as highly touted as you are, mm-hmm. may not be as good, mm-hmm. but they're getting at bats if they're staying healthy. Yeah. You can't – how do you deal with that? You know, you live in Wilmington, Delaware, Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> oh, man. Give me a break. Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, (laughs) You're on a bus. You're riding a bus. You're playing. But, you know, some of these minor league experiences are pretty cool. They they do it right. No, they do. Some of them do it right. Some of them Mm -hmm. treat the kids right. Some of them give you an experience that's, you know, their communities are behind these Mm -hmm. baseball teams. And they kind of take – I know Bull Durham's a movie, but there's a lot about that that's real about some small town, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the AAA programs, but the smallers, the singles and the doubles, where you kind of get the sense that that community embraces that. That's their team. They know these kids coming through are future major leaguers are getting mm-hmm. a chance to see, and they are all in on it. But those minor league teams themselves, they're struggling to keep the gates open. Yeah, some of them are. And a lot of the players, some of them are. Hey, when the game is over, I don't care if you played nine innings or 12 innings, your 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 meal is leftover concession stand food. I've That's seen right. that. Oh, yeah. That pimento sandwich. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> That's what you're getting. But, you know, and, and it, it, it took Major League Baseball until finally a couple of years ago mm-hmm. to start recognizing how poorly minor league players Absolutely. were getting paid. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were, you know, six, eight guys living in an apartment mm-hmm. together trying to make ends meet because they really were not getting any money. Major League Baseball started to work, hopefully, to rectify some of that because that yeah, was horrible. Because they have the money there. You well, sure it distribute it fairly. You're making me give money to guys? Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> I want to keep organiza- it. It's your organization. Yeah, but it's always worked this way. Why should I give that money to them? I, I get I, more I give to them, the less I get from me. I tell the story. Well, Gene Jockey wrote an article in the Dallas paper years ago when Jerry Jones first bought the team. And, you know, he did all this cutting and streamlining and everything. Mm-hmm. But when they went to the playoffs the first time, went, not won, when they went to the playoffs the first time, when he played everybody that was in an organization, from the lowest man to the highest player, man, he wrote himself a check for $86 million. Wait, one more time? He wrote himself a check after everybody was paid. $86 million himself. That's what he made off of them. What did he spend One it year. on? Huh? <laughs> what did he spend that on? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Probably went and bought another helicopter or a little jet or something. $86 million. He wrote himself out a check for $86 million. Oh, to be Jerry. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. 12 minutes till 6 o'clock, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach sitting in here. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Chop Buchanan as we are knocking out Monday. we got one more segment <laughs> left to do. Come back and talk a little bit of All-Star Game. Home run contest tonight. And uh, Victor Wembignana showed up yesterday. Showed up big yesterday. Yeah, he did. He needed a sandwich. That's right. That's all he was saying. Buy that boy a sandwich. We'll be back. <laughs> When you've escaped the screens and the sun bathes everything in a golden glow and your friend hands you a cold organic beer that tastes as perfect as nature itself, that's pure gold.
are back. 52 and a half after five, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach, Kenneth Chop Buchanan sitting in this afternoon for Tony Kirk, who will be back tomorrow afternoon. Reminder, uh, Rick Minner is going to join us on Wednesday. We'll talk some uh, college football with uh, with Coach Minner. All right, the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Mm-hmm. First pitch tomorrow night mm-hmm. out in Seattle. You're an All-Star Game guy. I watch the All-Star Game. You watch the All-Star Game. Mm-hmm. Are you a home run Definitely derby, a home run guy. derby guy? You are. Guy. Yep. Handicap this for me tonight. Who's winning this thing? Mm, can't go out. Here, here's your guys. Luis Roberts Jr. Don't even know him. No, I don't either. Adley Rutschman. He's a guy over in Baltimore. Okay. Uh, Adalas Garcia from the Rangers. Okay. Uh, Randy Arezarina from uh, Tampa. Okay. Uh, Mookie Betts, who's at the Mookie. Dodgers. Yeah. Vlad Guerrero Jr. in Toronto. Uh, Pete Alonzo with the Mets and Julio Rodriguez from the hometown Mariners. Bets. You like Mookie Betts to win this? Really? Yeah. Experience. See, that tells me Pete Alonzo. He's been in this home run contest a few times. Yeah. I think Pete Alonzo. What's the highest highest he'll finish? I don't know. Doesn't matter. He went in top five. Mm, I don't know. But I have a feeling it's gonna it's gonna be Alonso. Now somebody like Garcia could get hot mm-hmm. and has a chance. But I just I think I think Alonso. I think it's his year. I'll watch. And that. he won't do it ever again. He'll do it this year, and that'll be it. You don't think he'll come back again? No. Nah. Nah. What if he finished in the top two this year? You don't think? Yeah, come back next year. Come back. Next if he year. wins, he won't come back. This will be all. Yeah. Okay. We got some guys. Have you have you watched this kid out in uh, Cincinnati? Dela Cruz. Dela Cruz. That's the name I was trying to think of. He, so he's not in it. Oh no, no. He he's only played thirty games. And it's not enough. Next well, year. Next, next year he'll next uh, year he'll be voted in. He'll mm-hmm. be in the game playing. He'll be in the home run contest. Mm-hmm. All that. He'll be young and enthusiastic and he'll do all that. That's the name I was looking for and I couldn't think of. Yeah. Gosh, he's exciting. He's pretty good. See him steal second, third and home. Yep. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's, who does that? You know what, though? He ain't no dirt on him when he slid. He didn't have dirt on him? No. His uniform was just as clean as it was when he slid. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Oh, I watched it. He was playing Milwaukee. <laughs> you didn't notice I mean, that? The steal from second was legit. Uh-huh. Third base playing so far off, he could have there, mm-hmm. there was no throw. There was no throw to third, and then they were goofing around trying to Get back to the ball on the mound, and he just took off and ran. <laughs> I didn't see the game. I just saw the highlights. It was horrific. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're watching that game and you're Craig Council, the manager of the Brewers, mm-hmm. you got to be losing your mind when you guys come off the field. Mm-hmm. Like, we just gave a, a run away because we couldn't cover mm-hmm. third and didn't watch a guy at home going home. Mm-hmm. Embarrassing. But he's a great talent. Looking forward to seeing that guy in the future. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of the future, Victor Wimbignana. Oh, now, first pick of the draft, first time out, Friday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Did not play very well. A lot of butterflies, shot up some air balls. Oh. Seven foot five, I think he is. Mm-hmm. Just, mm. But I last mean, night. What do you have? What, 27? 27, 27 and 12. Right, yeah. He... He looks at a granite. Now, this is rookie league stuff. 
They're mm-hmm. playing in the rookie league in the, in the in the summer, so there are no veterans playing really. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a defensive guy, kind of like Ralph Sampson was when he started. Mm-hmm. He'll be a guy that's going to cause guys inside trouble because he's seven foot five. There aren't any seven foot fivers playing really. I don't. He's not going to play any more summer league. That was it. They don't want to risk him getting hurt. Mm-hmm. He, he he played better on on Sunday. He's leaving with a positive thing. San Antonio's not winning the NBA championship. Probably not getting in the playoffs. And so they're sitting him for the rest of the summer. Pop signed for five more years. Pop signed for five more years. I'd have thought two years ago Pop was done mm-hmm. when. You know, they when Duncan and Parker and, mm-hmm. and when they all started retiring, you're like, all right, well, it's Pops next. He's gonna go. Well, I thought maybe when his wife passed away that he would. Yep. But you know, from experience, you got to stay busy, and this is his way of staying busy. He got a seven foot five guy to mess around with here now. But you, you wonder. But you know, you're talking about him playing defense. The two best plays of the game was some three pointers that he hit. What a shot. It's a moon shot. You can't defend. It. I know you can't defend yeah. it. But he you was smooth, man. Yeah, but you how many do we really want a seven foot five guy? We you, you got a you got a basketball team, Chop. Mm-hmm. Seven foot five guy ends up landing on your team. Are you gonna put him twenty eight feet away from the basket? If he can make it. Are you gonna put him twenty twenty eight feet away? How many is he gonna make? Three? If he can shoot thirty five percent from three. Oh, if he can shoot how, many shot, how many shots are you going to let him take? As many as he want. You're going to lose. Your biggest guy who's yeah. supposed to be able to rebound and have, is 28 feet away. But that's why the fans buy the tickets. Oh. <laughs> they want to see the big man play. Anybody can dunk some five. So what he dunks the ball? Don't worry about just dunking. I'm inside presence. He he will open it up for other guys to be able to shoot outside because you're gonna have to sag down on him. But but if he comes outside and he's shooting thirty five percent from the three, do you know the lanes are gonna be created because people gonna be like you said sagging down on. There's nobody gonna go out and guard a guy that tall. Oh. They'll double him. I'll put a guard out on uh, him. They're going to double him. Oh, no. They're, chop. They're going to double him. Okay, watch and see. Up to, uh, 28 feet away. I'm yes. going to double this guy. No yeah. way. If he's shooting 35%. <laughs> they don't double Steph. <laughs> Steph, he creates a lot of his own shots. Yes. True enough. Yes. So they can't afford to because they don't know where the ball is going. This big man has got the ball. You know what he's going. If he's out that far, they know what he's going to do. He's going to shoot the ball. I got I got to stop. What music's in my ear? Chops, great seeing you again. Hey, same here, man. All right. You guys enjoy the rest of your night. Power hour tomorrow morning. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon doing it again here on Leaving the Yard. On K3 Radio.